0: Do you believe in the Atlanta Falcons? I do. Find out why as we break down their week one matchup against the Carolina Panthers on today's Crossover Thursday. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back everyone to another crossover Thursday. I'm your very humble host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, Aaron Freeman aka Serious Black, and I am joined by none other than the host of the Locked On Panthers podcast for the first crossover Thursday of the 2023 season. He is none other than Julian Council the host of Locked On Panthers. And this crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, our proud sponsor, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So, Julian, we are going to be getting into the biggest stories for each of these teams. In week one, we'll tease some of the key matchups as well, keys to victory, and give you guys our final score predictions at the end of today's episode. But let's talk a little bit about these big stories. And we thank each and every one of you guys that are our everydayers here and make sure you subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you get all the latest on both of these teams headed into week one. But I know, Julian, let's start with the home team, the Atlanta Falcons, and their big story of the week. I know you don't believe in the Atlanta Falcons, but... Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. I never even...
1: I've never said that. That is not something I would ever say about the Atlanta Falcons. Let's just go ahead and get that one corrected.
0: But go on. Finish what you have to say. Okay. So I I just want to say, you know, I know you might be a little more skeptical than probably half the people listening to this episode, but... The Falcons are all about what they believe in. And I definitely want to believe in the Falcons. And believing in the Falcons, I mean, in this situation, is going out there and winning this division this year and in this all-important year three under head coach Arthur Smith. And we've heard it from the coach. We've heard it from the general manager. We've heard it from the owner that this has been the plan from the jump that they would sort of get through these first two years and then everything would come to fruition now in year three. And now we get to see it. And they get this home game against a rebuilding, you know, air quotes, rebuilding Carolina Panthers team. I I don't know if that's a (laughs) fair way to describe them. And the expectation is you're supposed to win this game. If you're going to win this division, you need to beat a team like Carolina, take care of business at home. And I I know a lot of people have been kind of second guessing the Falcons, you know, all offseason for their decision to stick with Desmond Ritter. And I think. The biggest story for me is just they can just go out there, take care of business, quiet all that noise and get their first season opening win for the first time in like five plus years. Be the first time ever that the Falcons have been above 500 in like five years, which is an incredible thing to say. Right. And so yeah. like that to me is kind of the biggest story for the Falcons. will you know, just basically, will they put up or will they shut up? That sort of.
1: Thing. Well, I, let me again say I am not one who's doubting the Atlanta Falcons now Recent history, since y'all went to Super Bowl 51, would lead you to doubt the Falcons. Now, also recent history, since the Panthers went to Super Bowl 50, would lead you to doubt the Carolina Panthers. I think at times it's been a little worse here in Carolina than it has been uh, down I-85 South down there in Atlanta. I do like what the Falcons did this offseason. You bring up what Arthur Smith, the head coach, and Terry Fontenot, your general manager there in Atlanta, had to do the first two years. Just really... Fixing the cap situation. And Terry Fontenot knows all about bad cap situations <laughs> having come from New Orleans. But I love what they did on the defensive line, bringing in David Onyemata. I've always been a Calais Campbell fan. I think that makes a ton of sense to be able to bring in those veterans. Jesse Bates at safety was incredible the last couple of years, paired with the safety who's now here in Carolina, Vaughn Bell. So defensively, I do think the Falcons will be better. And they're going to run the football. You have a good offensive line. You brought in B. John Robinson in the first round. So I, I do see it with the Falcons and them having an opportunity to win the NFC South. Everyone is saying in Tampa, in Charlotte, in Atlanta, in New Orleans, okay, the division's wide open. This is our chance. Now, I do think three of those cities, Atlanta, Charlotte, and New Orleans can say that. I have no idea why the people down in Tampa think they have any shot to win the division after they struggled with Tom Brady last year. And all of us here in Carolina are familiar with Baker Mayfield and what kind of quarterback play he's going to bring you. So I, I can buy into the Falcons winning the division. I wouldn't pick the Falcons to win the division, so maybe I'm not buying into it technically, but I, it would not surprise me if Atlanta was able to turn things around here in year three, which they've been building to. Now now you asked about the Panthers in order to rebuild, or what is it? I, I would say the Panthers are reestablishing themselves as a serious organization. The last two and a half years before Steve Wilkes took over, they weren't. Because Matt Rule is not a serious NFL head coach. But now they have that in Frank Reich, who coincidentally was the first Panthers quarterback ever. His first game, first game in franchise history, was down there at the Georgia Dome against the Falcons. So now he returns all these years later to be the head coach to go down there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with a brand-new quarterback and Bryce Young. But that's not the big story. Aaron, honestly, you should answer this. What's the biggest story going on with the Carolina Panthers? Because I feel like everyone out there in the country should know – Outside of Charlotte, what the biggest story going on with the Panthers has been all week
0: long? I'm assuming it has something to do with Brian Burns.
1: Yes, it does have something to do with Brian Burns, who I suppose is staging a hold-in. It started a week ago last Thursday when he wasn't on the practice field, but here's the kicker. He was there lifting weights. He was in team meetings, so it wasn't like he was completely absent from the building, and it really kind of hit ahead on Monday. When Frank Reich alerted the media and told everybody, okay, so um, yeah, Brian is not out here again. He missed walkthroughs. It's a personal matter, like I said on Thursday. But you kind of, you know, look at Burns, 12 and a half sacks last year, back-to-back Pro Bowls. Yes, he's playing on a fifth-year option, which is $60 million, a handsome salary, but not a long-term deal. And you see he hasn't gotten that deal yet. So that would lead you to believe that, okay, this is why he's not out there in the practice field, because he has not gotten a deal. So Brian Burns was, though, out there on Wednesday in full pads. But again, here's the kicker. He was only doing individual drills and out there on the sled, was not there for team period. He was out there, but he was not participating in team period. So there's been some doubt whether he'll play on Sunday afternoon in the Panthers opener down there in Atlanta. I have a hard time seeing him not out there. Uh, I'm not going to say he's not a competitor if he doesn't play. I just I don't see Burns missing out in that game. Now, recent news that came out right before we got to record this episode is that Nick Bosa out there in San Francisco, he got his deal, which is worth $34 million annually, which is insane. And that's not what Brian Burns is going to get. But I've told my listeners since we started talking about this probably back in May that Brian Burns will wait to see what happens with Joe, with Nick Bosa. He's not – on the same level with Nick Bosa. He should not get what Nick Bosa gets, but he should at least point to what Nick Bosa got. And also look at what comparable players like Max Crosby, like Bradley Chubb, like TJ Watt have gotten and say, Hey, can, we can do better than maybe 23 and I think 27, 28 is the right number, which would put him right there on par with TJ Watt. So that's kind of the storyline here in Carolina. Will Brian Burns play, but really will he get his contract before we kick off at 1 PM down Atlanta on Sunday?
0: Well, I'm very interested in whether or not Brian Burns plays because that's going to be kind of a key matchup. Because we've yeah. seen Brian Burns kind of dominate some of these matchups in the past against the Falcons going up against Caleb McGarry. And we'll get into some of those key matchups, guys, as we continue today's crossover Thursday with myself, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, and Julian Castle of Locked On Panthers. So we are back with Prize Picks, our pride sp- proud sponsor. And I love Prize Picks because they're a quick, Way to play daily fantasy. It's simple. All you got to do is pick two or more players and you just pick more or less on their projection projected stats, right? And it's quick. It takes less than a minute. I like to do it right before the Thursday night game, ahead of the Thursday night game. We got a big Thursday night game coming up this week between the Chiefs and Lions and of course we got a great matchup between the Falcons and Panthers and you can go on prize picks and i think one of the more intriguing options they have for this Panthers Falcons matchup is you know which running back between Bijan Robinson and Miles Sanders gets more yards in their first five carries bijan set at more or less 21 and a half yards miles sanders is more or less 20.5 yards in their first five carries and that's why prize picks is the number one daily fantasy sports App. And to participate, to play, all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL. Prize is daily fantasy made easy. So we're continuing today's crossover Thursday with myself, Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons and Julian Council of Locked on Panthers. And Julian, we just touched upon the intrigue surrounding Brian Burns. And because I don't know, I, I'm, as you say, I'm assuming he's going to play. That would be kind of weird to decide in a week before the season. Like, I'm, I'm not playing like usually yeah. these holdouts like a Chris Jones situation is months in the making not you know days in the making so I'm assuming he's going to play and that's going to be a key matchup for me looking going up against Caleb McGarry a player that he has routinely abused over the last couple of seasons since they both came into league mm-hmm. in 2019 but another matchup that I'm looking at on that Falcons offensive line going up against his Panthers defensive line is the debut start of Matthew Bergeron and last year we saw Derek Brown absolutely annihilate the Falcons interior offensive line in both of those games and so that's going to be a tall order not only for Chris Lindstrom the Falcons starting right guard but their rookie left guard I know Carolina also has a rookie making his NFL debut this week with uh, Chandler Zavala at that right guard position and he was a player that I was thinking the Falcons might go after in this draft that they didn't get a player like Bergeron earlier in the draft and I think he's going to be also a very big matchup going up against this new look revamped Falcons interior D line you already had Grady Jarrett there who is a game wrecker you add David Onyemata you add Calais Campbell to this front so I think These matchups in the trenches are going to be some of the key ones that I'll be focused on. What matchups are you looking at in this game?
1: Yeah, no, and I I agree with those as well. Like Derek Brown was really good last year for the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers exercise his fifth-year option for next year, just showing how much they believe in him and how they're ready to invest in him long-term. And the way he performed last year, if he comes out the gate playing like that, that should certainly help the Carolina Panthers, who honestly weren't that great against the run last year. I do think back to the first Falcons game that was – Insane, and a game the Panthers absolutely uh, shouldn't have lost. And I can say this now because he's not here in Carolina, and fans don't have to defend him. DJ Moore shouldn't have thrown his helmet off, and they win that football game. So it's just that simple. Also, maybe don't throw a pick six before the half and make a kick. So a lot of things led to that loss that Week One game, or that week, whatever that first time they played. The gave. second time they played, the Panthers were really good against the run, and that's kind of what they need to do again on Sunday: is be able to force Desmond Ritter to beat them. Now. He's already gotten four starts under his belt, two and two in those games. It's going to be his fifth career start. And really, his first offseason as the guy down there in Atlanta. I'm I'm not overly impressed by, I mean, the Falcons receivers. Like I think Drake London can be a good player. I like what Matt Collins did uh, last year in Las Vegas. And I'm always going to root for Matt Collins because he went to UNC. So happy for him. He's getting an opportunity to be that number two wide receiver. Behind him, though, I'm not – like, Scotty Miller is fine in Tampa – but I feel like the Panthers just have to have a – I think they have a good matchup with J.C. Horn out there, Dante Jackson, putting C.J. Henderson, Troy Hill, they signed recently, who has experience with this coaching staff, dating back to his time in Los Angeles with the Rams. I feel like that's a good matchup for the Panthers. It just comes down to can you stop the run? Now, Derrick Brown's been great. They brought in Shy Tuttle uh, from Division of Row Atlanta, who's now on that defensive line. Deshaun Williams, oh, who spent time last year – in Denver with a Vero, the new DC here in Carolina, he's also going to start a defensive line. But if anything happens to one of those guys, the Panthers are real thin behind them. Like Nick Thurman, LeBron Ray, two guys that were brought in the middle of training camp that I don't think many people give a chance to make the roster are the backups on that defensive line. Henry Anderson, who they brought in last year to be, run stopper on the edge he's on IR and currently not with the team so that's the thing that the Panthers I think are a little bit concerned going to this matchup Now, offensively when I look at it yeah it's Bryce Young of course going up against the Falcons but it's really that offensive line that struggled mightily during the preseason I know you bring up Matthew Bergeron who was excellent at Syracuse I look at Chandler Zavala there not just at him at right guard but I look at Brady Christian. Bradley Bozeman, excuse me, at center and then Brady Christensen at left guard. Those three guys, they, they had their moments in the preseason. I know when Quentin Williams and the Jets came down for joint practices, he was talking about he had 10, 11 sacks during that joint practice. And then you look at how things played out that next Friday, that next Saturday afternoon. And then some of the problems that they had in the interior, even against guys like Dexter Lawrence with Bradley Bozeman. I, I look at Grady Jarrett with that same kind of talent. Calais Campbell has been an incredible player in his career. Anyamata is a good player in his own right. Those guys got to be able to protect Bryce up the middle and give him a chance to actually get the ball to his receivers. Now, when it comes to his receivers, though, you got four of the six guys on the active roster that were on the injury report on Thursday, on Wednesday, rather. That's not a good thing for a receiving core that I already don't think is all that great. Thielen, who I think is going to be a top guy, he's dealing with ankle. Chark. I don't know if he's going to play DJ Chark with the hamstring that's been lingering. So those are some of the matchups I'm looking at. at. That defensive line being able to hold up against that offensive line and force Ritter Ritter to beat them, excuse me. And then the interior of the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers, giving Young a chance to sit in that pocket and hopefully have some receivers healthy enough to try and uh, go after that Falcon secondary.
0: Yeah, the Falcons secondary was probably going to be missing Jeff Okuda. Uh, he did not participate in Wednesday's practice. There hasn't really been any talk that he would be ready to play week one. You know, he dealt with an ankle injury in training camp, and Arthur Smith gave this sort of vague response about he'll be back at some point early in the season. And that wasn't expected to be week one. And I think this is the, probably the game where the Falcons can afford to be down their number two corner opposite A.J. Terrell because, as you say, the Panthers already didn't necessarily have a world-class receiver core, and it's already beat up with multiple guys dealing with injuries. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about that matchup with the Falcons if they can sort of get pressure on Bryce Young uh, and and sort of, you know, take advantage of, of some of those weaknesses around Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a very good player – uh Julian, you know that yeah. you know, I'm not buying any of this uh Derek Carr talk of being the best quarterback in the NFC South nonsense that you hear constantly. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this division. I have no problem saying that right now. But, you know, I think when we talk about this game, we're, we're of course, talking about Bryce Young's NFL debut. We're talking yeah. about Desmond Ritter's season debut. And as you mentioned, four starts under his belt. But a lot of talk about the Falcons' decision, a lot of questioning people, uh, questioning that decision to roll with Desmond Ritter after four, you know, middling starts, right? There were some positives that you saw in those games, but not enough to to make you feel like this is definitely the guy of the future for this football team. And so I think that's why, you know, for me, when I look at sort of a key player in this game, it's got to be Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. And. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned, you know, the Falcons offense is going to be predicated on that run game. And so it's really going to be about Desmond Ritter managing the game. But there's going to be, you know, five, 10 throws that your quarterback has to make on Sunday in order for you to win that football game. And that's going to be the question surrounding Desmond Ritter. Can he make those throws uh, in this game? And the, the knock on Ritter that was a consistent theme in his first four starts was his tendency to start slow. That was something that he dealt with at Cincinnati. It sort of took him a while to sort of ease into the games. And I don't think you want to do that. I think if you're the Falcons, you want to put your feet on the neck of the Carolina Panthers pretty early. If you can get off to a fast start, force them to have to throw from behind Get that offensive line into some disadvantageous situations so that you can kind of pin your ears back and get after Bryce Young and maybe exploit some of the weaknesses that they have in that receiver core if they're forced to have to throw their way to try to get back in the game due to some of those injuries. So that is going to be something that I'm going to be keyed in in this game. And I think Desmond Ritter's impact on this game is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. That's and just going back to kind of matchups like that. To me, the Panthers, if they're going to you know win this game, I feel like they're going to have to, if they're going to end up losing, I think in a way, well, how do I want to say this? They need to stop the run and force Desmond Ritter to beat them. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. And so I do see Desmond Ritter obviously as a key player because he plays quarterback. And I think my path to victory for Carolina is forcing him to be the one that beat you. Now he could do it. And I watched a lot of Ritter back at Cincinnati. And, and one of the reasons I kind of, believe in this guy more than some of the other quarterbacks have come out recently is that he's played football for whatever reason. Nowadays, there's this trend that a guy plays one good year and it's okay like, hey, what's drafting in the top 10? I just don't really buy into that. Bryce Young played a lot of football at Alabama being started for two years, of course, going to the playoff, winning the sec, being the Heisman trophy winner. And I mean, Desmond Ritter, I don't think you understand, you know, what he accomplished at Cincinnati over those three years. As a starting quarterback, it's still insane to me that Ben Bryant, this guy is a quarterback in Northwestern now, been to three schools, is awful and him were ever in a competition. But I, I do think that Desmond Ritter, there's a starting quarterback in there. Just how good is he going to be? Only time will tell. So I'm excited to see what he looks like because I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch a single one of those Falcons games late in the season when he started. So I will be interested to see how he plays. And yeah, for on the other side of the coin for Carolina. Their the most important player. Yes, it'd be nice for Brian Burns. He's the best player. I think he'll play. Or it comes down to Bryce Young. We're all tuning in to watch Bryce Young. And it's what I tell Panther fans back the last couple of seasons when they had no real primetime games. Thursday night football doesn't count because no one is coming to watch NFL games, to watch Chris McCaffrey. People are here to watch your quarterback. And when you have a quarterback, that's what brings eyeballs. When Cam Newton was here, a ton of primetime games. He was MVP. People watched. people care. Now you have Bryce, what do you know? Your home opener is on Monday Night Football because there's actual interest. There's a ton of entry going in this game uh, surrounding Bryce Young and what he's able to do in this new offense. The Panthers quarterback play the last two years has been abysmal. Teddy Bridgewater actually wasn't that bad when you consider that four guys that year went over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage, including um, Mike Davis, who spent a little bit of time down there in Atlanta afterwards. So I'm looking at Bryce to be able to elevate this offense. Now, they, he needs some help. And I don't love what the Panthers did This offseason, as far as the actual players that they brought in, and I will, in a way, defend them because it's not like the wide receiver market was that deep to where Mm -hmm. they were going to be able to get a high-end guy anyways. There's more options now than there were at the end of last season when it was just DJ Moore and then sometimes Terrace Marshall sprinkled in here making the play. How Bryce Young comes in, maneuver this offense, how he looks on game day, that is what is important for the Panthers. His development matters. Yes, you want to win football games, but him showing that he is ready for the moment That's what I want to see coming out of this game. And looking at the preseason, while he was under duress, he's been like the least of my concerns about an offense that really hasn't spent a lot of time together. We have yet to see Miles Sanders. As I mentioned, Like the receivers have not been healthy. The O-line has had its struggles. Bryce Young, through all of it, has looked calm and cool and collective. He's been accurate with the football. So he absolutely is the most important player for the Panthers heading into Sunday because you need a quarterback if you want to win big and if you want to win this division. You want to go on the road, get a division win against Atlanta to start off the season. before heading back home playing New Orleans. So yeah, Bryce Young absolutely is the biggest, most important player for the Carolina Panthers heading into Sunday.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I watched the Panthers preseason games, and I have no concerns about Bryce Young and his development. I know there was a lot of people that are like second guessing. It was like, he's not the problem here. No. It's all the other things going on with the Carolina Panthers. And we'll get into whether or not those other things are the thing that, holds the Panthers back from winning this football game as we wrap up today's crossover Thursday by giving you our score predictions. So we know that the Falcons have invested quite a bit into put the right team around their quarterback. And as I just said, I don't know if the Panthers have done quite the same for their quarterback, but you guys don't have to worry about that if you're a small business owner and you're looking for the right team members to reach your goals in 2023 because you have LinkedIn jobs. That's where you can go to quickly attract and hire the qualified candidates by matching with the people with the right skills, values, and experiences that are going to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn has Simple tools like screening questions that allows you to focus on those candidates so that you can quickly cri- prioritize uh, who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is gonna help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, we're wrapping up today's Locked On Falcons, Locked On Panthers crossover Thursday episode. And then, once again, want to give a special shout out to the Everydayers who make both of our podcasts their first listen and always recommending the second listen. Why not check out the Locked On NFL Ultimate Season Preview over at Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts? Get inside scoops from myself, Julian, and as well as the other 30 hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Previewing this season, giving you that analysis and insight and all that. So, all you got to do is head on over to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to check that out for your second listen. So, Julian, as we wrap up today's episode, we've already sort of touched upon some of these keys to victory, talking about the quarterback play and, you know, talking about whether or not, you know, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, you know, if, if I was to take those guys heads up straight in a quarterback duel. I'd take Bryce Young. There's a reason why Bryce Young was the number one overall pick and Desmond yeah. Ritter was a third-round pick, right? But that's not how football is played. It's not a duel between those sides. Bryce Young has to deal with the Falcons' defense just like Desmond Ritter has to deal with the Panthers' defense. And that, to me, is kind of where I think the Falcons can make this you know, a game that they can win, make it less about Bryce Young and make it about all the quote-unquote question marks surrounding bryce Young, right you know make it about the physicality make it about stuffing the run make them get into those third and long situations where maybe some of those holes in the panthers offensive line get displayed like we saw in the preseason so to me the key to victory for the falcons if they can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball run the football make it about you know just pounding it down the panthers throat and then get you know, stop the Panthers' run as well as get after the quarterback. That's going to be their key to victory. I thought one of the things that stood out to me watching this matchup last year was, as you mentioned, you know, Carolina probably should have swept the Falcons uh, last year. But yeah. I think in that first game that Carolina inexplicably lost, I think they basically outfalconed the Falcons, right? The two physical <laughs> football teams, <laughs> right? You know, and it was just like. The Panthers looked at that and said, like, we, we can do this better than they they can. And so in that second matchup, you saw them kind of assert their will with Dante Foreman, all those guys just sort of pounding it down the Falcons throat. And so I think the Falcons need to sort of get that Falconness back, if if, if you understand what I'm saying, and just go yeah. out there and make this a physical football game. And if they do that, I think they'll come away with something like a 23-20 to 20 victory. You know, hopefully we'll get some young, way, cool, late-game heroics. I put, I put a little <laughs> bit more confidence in young way Koo making a game winning kick than I do Eddie Pinheiro, uh, in the circumstances in part due to some of the things we saw. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa! Let me just stop you right there, Aaron. How, how dare you <laughs> slander the good name of Eddie De Niro, Eddie Pinero, after that Falcons game, he didn't miss a kick the rest of the year. And last time the Panthers played, there were zeros on the clock after Eddie Pinheiro had a walk off win in New Orleans. So, He's fixed. Now, he has been injured, but he's, he's fine. So, I don't want I to <laughs> hear any of that. So, yeah, okay. but young Baku he has been proved. He certainly has. Because, yeah, I know he had his moments, but he's now a pretty reliable kicker for the Falcons. You do bring up a lot of good points there. Key like key victory for the Falcons. Like, it's really running the football only in the line of scrimmage. And I know it's boring, and I feel like every one of these, all 17 I do, I'm going to say the exact same thing. You got to stop the run, get after the passer, you got to protect your guy. It all starts at the line of scrimmage. It's really that simple. I think the Panthers have a quarterback that's capable. The skill guys around him, I do think they can do a little bit of something. Like, do they have anybody who's going to break it for 70 yards? I guess Chark's capable, but um, I don't see that happening very often this season. So they're going to be a team that's going to have to go down the field methodically. In, in the preseason, when they did have those scoring drives, their last three that they had, the first one in the second drive of the game against the Giants a couple of Fridays back and then against the Lions in the final preseason game granted against their twos, it took some time to get down the field. It wasn't like the Panthers had explosive plays. So it would be nice to see that at some point in time. I'm just not really going to hold my breath that there's really a lot of guys capable on this coaching on this up uh, in this on this roster, gosh, who can do that. But I do think Bryce Young is certainly capable of being able to pick apart a part of defense, get him down the field, and then have Miles Sanders compliment them. I quite honestly don't know what I'm going to see out of this Panthers team on Sunday. We didn't get to see the offense, as I mentioned Full. you didn't see Miles Sanders who had the groin, but he's really been healthy the last couple of weeks. They just, they held him out. So didn't get to see him run the football. You did see the offensive line, and now that they have Chandler's right guard, they know who their top five are until Austin Corbett is able to come back off the pup list from that torn ACL. They suffered in week 18 against the the Saints, and we'll see how the offensive line plays. I do think they're going to be a tick worse just because you don't lose your second highest graded offensive lineman according to Pro Football Focus and put a rookie in and be better. So I like Zavala, but he's a day three pick. I'm not expecting like a ton out of him. Just don't be an obvious weakness that can be exploited, which is what the Falcons absolutely should be trying to do with some of those veterans that they have on the defensive line come Sunday. I just – I don't know what to expect out of the offense. I don't know who at receiver is going to be healthy. I, I think Dillon, he was, he was more limited. He wasn't out. I, I think he'll probably be fine. I don't know about Shark if he even be available. You have a rookie in Jonathan Mingo as your other starting receiver. How much can you really place on him to go out there? Hayden Hurst, thinking think, can be good. We didn't see much out of him in the preseason, which I think will change. And defensively, it's a new scheme as well. And it's not like we hadn't, we never saw Justin Houston. We haven't seen Brian Burns out there. It, it's going to take some time. So I wouldn't shock me if they lose this game because I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the Panthers to really hit their stride. I've come been on record and said I think they split. Uh, their first two games against the Falcons and Saints. I don't see them going 2-0. I could see them going 0-2, but I would say a split. And the most likely since probably on Sunday against Atlanta, but I'm I'm not going to make an official pick because I, I don't need to get this thrown in my face come Sunday afternoon. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I'll just I'll just be the one hanging out there uh, on, on, the, on the line there. People um, are jerks, man. I just don't have time for it. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. So uh, there, you guys have it. Uh, we'll we'll see if if Julian makes a, a pick later this week on Lock On Panthers. Uh, you guys can peer pressure him in the comments below, and uh, we'll be having. Don't more- read them.
1: <laughs> I don't read them. So you say whatever you want. <laughs>
0: So go ahead, guys. Um, Say whatever you want to say (laughs) in Lockdown Panthers' comments. He's just basically giving you carte blanche for that. But uh, we'll have still more coverage of this matchup all week long uh, to wrap up this week. But that is going to wrap up Crossover Thursday for us here, your team every day.